Monsters, are they real? Do you think we are around them? Well, what if I said there are monsters among us? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another great episode of Everything Horror Podcast. My name is Tristan Knott from Everything Horror Podcast, and with me are two great people that I know personally. Guys, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I am Paul Dorsky. I am the owner-founder of Everything Horror Podcast. My name is Ken Artuz, founder for DK Mag. Good evening, gentlemen. Now, we're going to be talking about three different topics tonight and i hope you all enjoy it so let's get started so the first topic that i had brought to the table today is our favorite type of monsters that we see in film and what i mean by that is what is that type of film that we like to just put in on like a friday saturday night get some popcorn and just you know get snuggled up with your favorite plushie or maybe your wife or girlfriend or whoever maybe even yourself because maybe you're just that lonely but anyway we all have a good time either way because that's what that right hand is for right giggity giggity all right on to the topic though so so favorite type of monsters that we like to watch uh mine will have to be i want to say the paranormal type of monsters because we all see monsters on the screen yes but what about those that we do not see what we can't understand what exactly is going on it's almost like a poltergeist in a way or an evil spirit some type of demon or angel either way we don't really see it all we know is it's in um it's amongst us and it if it is evil we start seeing like possession we start seeing shit get thrown around i mean there's a lot we can do with the paranormal and you know it's it's one of those things where the eye can't see everything and that's what i dislike because it's always a mystery it's always that mysterious type of entity of what is working in our world or in this specific area that we can't see so, uh, Tristan, I'm going to start with you. What is your favorite type of monster that you like to watch? Well, a couple of years ago, I can't remember the TV series that used to come on Chiller, but there was a story in it. It was like a anthology, and one of the stories was the Wendigo. And I did a little bit of research about the Wendigo. There's two different stories about the Wendigo. The Wendigo, they describe it as this big hairy monster that lives in the northern, like, snowy region of America. And it stalks its prey from behind and can actually gather other creatures to attack its prey. But also, there's this other story that 
the Wendigo is actually an apparition. It's actually like this Indian apparition that if you see it, you go on a cannibalistic rampage. And it's kind of mysterious how all these two stories come together. Like, it's just how like does one fit with the other how did these stories come to be so i'd like to like see how like other productions can like incorporate that into a film because i think it'll be very interesting ken what what's your favorite I wouldn't, uh, thinking about this topic, I was saying, hmm, wh- where can I go with this? There's so many creatures that I enjoy. But I finally found, well, for this context, I would have to say infected slash zombies. They're creatures, they're monsters, but they're monsters based in reality because they may or may not exist. Of course, it can't be brain-eating zombies or but i do think that there could be a scenario in which there is infection an outbreak rage virus we dogs do get rabies it wouldn't be a matter of time if that type of virus translates to the human population and that in itself is very frightening because it's grounded in reality I agree with you guys because like Paul said in the beginning, um, monsters that you can't see, we just saw birdcage on Netflix and you never saw the monster at all. And it really gives you that mysterious, like what is lurking and what we can't see. And with you, Ken is like Stephen King's Cujo, you know, it got bit by a rabid uh, bat and, it starts going on a killer and rampage the dog and it's really terrifying. So I agree with both of you guys. Those are good, good choices. Well, to touch you on that bird box thing, cause I guess you have not seen the post that we, sh- that I shared amongst our cool horror group that we have. Um, they actually have a picture tricked in if you can believe this ready of the creature that was supposed to be in the bird box but they took it out because this thing doesn't even look that goddamn creepy ken what did you see that picture yeah i i saw the picture and it's good that they didn't add that to the film but at the same time i wish they did you know why because there's for that type of films, such as that, The Mist, the re- the reboot of The Mist that happened uh, last year, everyone is so infatuated with the creature, when in fact, the real monsters in that scenario are not the monsters themselves, it's the people, the humans, human nature, and what people do to each other that's really fucked up. And th- that is more scarier than any monster we're going to be discussing on this podcast, because... Hey, you could in in a fight or flight situation, you may think that person is gonna help you. He may push you, <laughs> or he or she may push you so that he or she could survive. It's, it's pretty fucked up. Or trip you. Yeah. 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 But also, like, I know what you're talking about, Paul, because I saw a video earlier on YouTube, 
and it showed the monster that was supposed to be in the movie, but also a fan of the movie wrote the guy saying, you know, I'm glad they didn't put it in it because it makes us think what is lurking in like what we can't see. So I think a little bit of, of that is like very, very key on how well that movie is doing right now. Mm. Exactly. And that's kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Anything that we don't see is much more scarier. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the good thing that you brought that up, Paul, not to uh, divert away from the topic, but that brings up the Saw Part 1. We don't see Gore and Carnage in that film, and many people insinuate that Saw is a gory film, and when in fact it's just your mind playing tricks on you. When a guy's cutting off his foot, you don't see it, but it's worse because you didn't see it. You're thinking about it. Exactly. We are yeah, imagining it in our own heads, yes. Or see it in our own heads, yes. Yes, especially Ken when he crawled away. Mm-hmm. We don't see it. We don't even see it there either. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, That's yeah, I, I the power agree. of imagination. The imagination is like probably the greatest thing you can actually have out of a horror uh, horror genre film anyway if a movie allowed the imagination to run we have unlimited possibilities mm. I guess that's why now pod, horror podcasts have become so popular because people could, could listen to it on the train or sitting in bed and they let their imaginations go wild listening to the narrator as opposed to watching a movie or even a no- horror novel Same same context Mm. That is true. That is true. So, Paul, you picked a great, great topic. Is there any closing thoughts about uh, what you else you want to say? Well, I guess, um, you know, I mean, there's, like Ken was saying, there's a lot of good monsters out there, and it is hard to choose. But I just find it that it the strongest point would be something that we cannot see, even if it's not paranormal related. But as long as we do not see the creature and just let our imagination run, the the imagination is is just endless. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I like not seeing the monster but also in the back of my mind i would like to see the monster like even if and if it's at the end of the film Hmm. but with paul's point of view there's that psychological context and i think we have seen that in many recent horror films and we don't know if the protagonist has a mental illness uh, an affliction of some type of trauma let's say they were in a car accident or something like that or supernatural presence that is is making them do or see things or a combination of both and there's a lot of films recently that that have conveyed on those two tropes which is great because it, it it's a different take on a ghost story 
Yes, exactly. Like a, a perfect example, Ken, would be the one that I helped you with, the heroin. Perfect example of that right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I am grateful that now we have filmmakers that are venturing in those avenues because if you keep doing a ghost story with a, tr- a traditional haunting, you see the ghost, you see the door slamming, etc. Et it just gets so redundant and it gets boring after a while watching the same shit all over again. In this context, not only are you presenting a supernatural element with the topic you present, Paul, but also you could open doors for social commentary and bring in the mental illness ca- uh portion of of discussion hmm well then we might as well throw in something like maybe the video game the evil within of course when we had when we had to help um that kid i can't think of his name right now unless you remember ken (laughs) but it has been a quite quite a little bit since i played that game but yeah i mean i just remember the kid that we had to help and you know he just kept repeating himself like losing my mind losing my mind losing mm-hmm. my mind and you know and he just blabbered on really just not well i hate what using that word blabbered on especially when i'm talking about i'm mentally ill but it's true though like you know you don't you they, they don't talk in complete sentences they just ramble on with themselves mm. and and the the interesting thing that I will make of this now is that maybe they're not really rambling to themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're actually rambling to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Because as a paranormal researcher, I, I know that you are aware that uh, persons who are autistic, there are evidence that says that they can communicate with people uh, Paranormal entities yeah, yeah. for some reason because of their yeah. senses. Yeah, my um, this is a personal experience. My uncle was schizophrenic, Ooh. and he um, he used to stand in the corner and just talk, like, just like someone that wasn't even there. So we always thought he was talking to the dead. So that really, that's really very touchy oh, for yeah. me. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it, it it can be a very touchy subject, and if done right, you know we can we can make it much more personal, if not creepier. Very interesting topic there, Paul, with the entities that you cannot see, and I'm gonna have to stand with the with those creatures that are grounded in reality. Case in point as I had mentioned, zombies, or more realistically, infected. Uh, there are so many uh, government experiments. It, you don't even need to be a conspiracy theorist to know that every government across the globe are experimenting with bio-warfare, whether it be nerve gas or LSD. And it it's just a matter of time before something breaks loose and falls into the populace there have been documented cases in which case in point in puerto rico uh the women back in the 70s were being tested on a clandestine experiment 
to make them sterile. They were injecting young girls, making them sterile, and they were passing these injections on as, uh, let's say, a vaccine of some sort for whatever the case may be. And to this day, many young girls, uh, 30s, early 40s, they can have kids and they have to resort to treatments in order to have kids. And these are the scenarios. What if scenario uh, of an infection disease makes people go mad, violent? And I wouldn't be surprised some of these cases on TV, especially with the bath salt incident. Those were probably infected uh, persons. I absolutely agree with what you just said, Ken, 100%. Yeah, I agree with you, Ken. Like, that's that's very scary. And recently, we have only seen films that project zombies as flesh-eating creatures. I think the closest thing that we have grounded in reality is the video game The Last of Us, which was a an outbreak, a virus outbreak that uh, eliminated a certain percentage of the populace. And of course, then we have the human drama element invested into it. And I'm sorry to go off topic here, but like that also really brings up I Am Legend, the Will Smith movie that came out. I forgot what year it was. But that's the same. It's like post-apocalyptic. Guy's all alone. Like he has to face these monsters that live in the dark, and it's like really scary. Mm. Yeah, uh, we we could just speculate on what's really going on out there. But uh, wow, it could. Yeah, you once you start diving into stuff like that, you start wearing aluminum hats. I don't want to wear aluminum hats. <laughs> <laughs> And to touch up real quick, Tristan, uh, I Am Wedding came out in 2007. Yes, thank you. And it was a reboot from a reboot. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I think the first I Am Legend was titled I Am Omega Man. I think it was Vincent Price was think he was in it. And and then we had Mark Dacascos and then Will Smith. Oh my God! I actually didn't know that was a reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was three or four different versions of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great big clutter of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe someone could suggest that as the as the as the haunting monster reboots. <laughs> <laughs> that just needs to be its own thing, like its own podcast. Clutter of fucks. <laughs> Um, but yeah Tristan what are your final thoughts about the uh, topic I presented I think it was actually pretty good your guys' choices was definitely better than mine I didn't even when I hear monster I'm thinking about like creatures and like Wendigo Mothman but your guys' ones were like more in depth you know like something more scarier than creatures that would cause creatures, you know, and well, 
Well, not to cut you off, Tristan, but yours was actually a pretty good choice, too, with being the Wendigo. There's so many versions of a Wendigo. I mean, there's there's overseas type, there's Norwegian ones. We got a Native American, which is, I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, you, you have a very interesting creature topic as well, really. I mean, it might not be as in-depth, but you're right. I mean... Like, look at the game Until Dawn. That was about a Wendigo in, up in the mountains, and that involved cannibalism, just like the Native Americans. The only difference was the appearance of the Wendigo in the game. They didn't keep it to the uh, way that a Native American would look at it. That's the only difference. Yeah, I, I never played that game, and I never knew that was about a Wendigo. But with the window, oh yeah, you got a you got an interesting point there, Paul. With the Wendigo, it begs the question: just like Sasquatch and every other creature, if they're worldwide and people see them, what makes the general populace so sure that these creatures don't exist? I think they exist if we have so many cases of it worldwide. Exactly, and. You, you know, after talking about this kind of makes me just go, you know, we t- we hear about, like, trolls and stuff, too. Well, what if trolls are fucking Bigfoots? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we've been search calling them the wrong thing this whole time. Maybe they're actually trolls. <laughs> well, on um, Destination America, I saw on, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was talking about a guy on the bus on this like bus um, trip and they stop in this town and he sees the Wendigo apparition and he goes on a cannibalistic rampage and kills everybody on the bus. And this is and just it, by just staring at him? Yeah. Just by just looking at him. That's interesting. Just by looking at him, he he was like possessed by the Wendigo and he didn't remember a thing of what happened. That's interesting because normally when I hear a Wendigo, normally that means in order to summon a Wendigo, a person has to eat the flesh of another. Hmm. And that's one thing that really brought my attention to the Wendigo is like there's different like stories. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Everything is different. Every con- every continent in this world has a different story to tell. I mean, we could talk. We could go on even about the uh, chupacabra, right? And you know, weird creatures like that. Even I mean, everywhere is just different. So, right. Yeah, right. that's kind of one reason why I picked this topic because you know we all we all find something fascinating. And we all watch it, study it, whatever. And what is it about whatever creatures that we're so interested in watching on these films and stuff? Like, what is it exactly that makes it so fascinating that we want to get up and research and learn more about these things? And, you know, that's pretty much what this topic really is, is just what makes it so fascinating, too. Mm-hmm. 
and to touch up on what you have mentioned, Paul, with the chupacabra and also with uh, the elf-like creatures. Uh, hey, my my mom was born and raised in the country of Panama, and I would be I would growing up. I'm fascinated with the stories that she used to tell me that her and her sisters were afflicted by this uh, leprechaun-looking creature that would lurk in the forest. And one of my aunts at the time, which was my mom's sister, of course, was going to be taken by these creatures. And my grandmother, very religious grandmother, uh, she would say her prayers. And, of course, this thing would start shrieking in, in, in panic and fear. But mind you, we, we're talking about an age where in the countryside of, of, uh, of Panama, no electricity, and I experienced it firsthand. You close your eyes, that's how dark it is over there. You can't see your hand in front of your face. So imagine seeing a creature or shadow of a creature and red pulsing eyes in the darkness. Hmm. It makes you wonder what's really out there that we can't explain. Man, just you saying that already starts up a topic for um, the fairies, like, you know, the Scottish, I think it's Scotland, like, fairies or whatever, where, you know, they snatch your other half mm-hmm. if they're alone, and then they pretend, you know, they pretend that it's actually, you know, your other half. But then, you know, you start, if you... If you know your wife or your other half or that good, like whatever she is, even if it's just a family member and you start seeing like the different changes, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna point them out real quick. Mm, right. Uh, like I said, uh, I've heard so many stories and when I first visited the countryside as a young kid, there was a crucifix on the high high mountain in in that region and it was because there was so many paranormal activity in the countryside that one of the residents took it upon himself to chop down a tree and make a wooden cross and hoist that wooden cross by himself all the way up to the mountaintop and put it there just to bless the area and I saw the cross up there and when I visited recently it was of course it fell down because of age or whatever but it just goes to show you it's it's just fascinating amazing Sasquatch Wendigo so many things are really lurking out in in the unknown but that's more crazy could that just show dedication right there of how far (laughs) somebody would go to bless a land (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, the first time I heard something like this, and hey, they should make a movie out of it. Paul, you are a fan of the Headless Horseman. Well, yeah. I heard (laughs) tales in that region of a headless horse. Uh, A headless horse. Hey, people have seen a headless horse strolling up and down the the pathway. Uh, Creepy, creepy shit, man. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh that's something I you do not hear every day mm. hell that reminds me of um an interview we did with Bill Obert Jr he was talking to me about an old film that he really likes 
And even though he says it's like not, not like it's B rated, of course, but it's 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 still unique because it involves a gargoyle riding a horse. <laughs> hey, it so, had to come from somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, but yeah, I think that's really all I have left to say about my topic. Does <laughs> anybody else need to say anything more? Well. I have to put it out there just in case I get lost maybe next year and you don't hear from me. My wife and I are planning to go back to that region because we have a plot of land there that used to belong to my grandma. And we p- I'm planning on camping out there. I'm getting equipment, audio, video. And I say, let's see if we could document something. But I hope it doesn't come across that we're filming a Blair Witch Project because that that's not the case. <laughs> Everything you say in the video <laughs> will be true. <laughs> I was just about to say that too. This sounds like Blair Witch all over again. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Tricky. Yes. You have, uh, yeah. Um, if you have anything else more to say, then that's fine. If not, then you can head right into yours. It's all good. Yeah. Say. I'm all set with yours, Paul. I still what I had to say. Okay. Yeah, so to start what you wanted to bring up, which was something involving the Leprechaun, but you you were talking about like um, something about bringing monsters back, I believe, and that's why you were mentioning the Leprechaun, right? Yeah. I mean, you know... We've been hearing about reboots and that they're going to like take a new take on what the original horror movie icons are going to be. But now we're going to get a new installment of Leprechaun. And for the past couple of years, we've seen installments for the alien predator even leatherface and to me i think that's a really really bad subject i mean we're talking about bringing back iconic horror movie icons that have died off in the past years and i think it's a horrible idea to make an even new installments i mean a reboot is another thing if you want to do a reboot of leprechaun or like this or that i think it's a good idea but not making new installments it just dies off and gets boring what do you think ed well i i i'm not keen on the whole leprechaun franchise i think i find that and and child's play to be very comical and i prefer more serious toned horror franchises but in my opinion there's so many other creatures out there that filmmakers could delve into that okay we have a leprechaun franchise okay leave that alone go to something else there's so many regions hey japan the latin community europe there are so many other creatures that are untapped that deserve a franchise of their own. That is exactly right. 
And, you know, we've already gotten the leprechaun that we should just already enjoy, which is one, two, and three. We, I don't even think four should even be counted as a leprechaun movie because <laughs> now we've got leprechaun in space. I mean, just like Jason in space. Now, now we're going to hear about Freddy going to be going to space. Like, you know, everybody's going to be going to fucking space. Hey, just Pinhead went to space too. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> this, and this Leprechaun Returns actually support, I guess, came out last year on the 11th, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... And what what is interesting about this is that it's a TV movie. So, hmm. So, do, does anybody know, is this on VOD anywhere? Is it just, uh, like, one of those TV films where we can't really see any, any can't really see it anywhere yet? Like, unless, unless we have a, like, specific... Uh, streaming service or whatever that is on has anybody heard anything about it um leprechaun returns is a sci-fi production so i'm guessing that it's going to be on Mm sci-fi exactly Mm, okay so there's my answer right there so it's going to be on (laughs) sci-fi oh boy i mean like you like you said paul sorry to cut you off um Like, with the Leprechaun films, it like I said, that brings up another thing that I said was it's boring. You know, we went from, like, a good first film at the farmhouse, and now we go to Las Vegas, we go to New York, and then we're in space, and then we're back to Earth, and then we have the horrible, horrible WWE, like like version of it which i don't even count that as a leprechaun movie and then now we have it going back to the original first one so it's very confusing i don't think it's as confusing as seeing leprechaun returned right now on amazon uh like according to this before you even click into it but leprechaun returns here on the uh search page of Amazon it's actually showing up as a two out of five star but <laughs> if you click on it it's now telling me it's a three and a half star so I don't know which one it is you know I oh, don't God. to digress a bit I don't go for those reviews that are on Amazon in most cases not all the time they are populated reviews uh they'll have the friend of a friend of a friend of a friend go in there create multiple accounts go and give it a good review and boost up the score and the bad reviews from legitimate people who've seen the film it takes them a long time to lower that score that's why i find fishy sometimes when i read those reviews on indb amazon and personally i've seen firsthand account of someone really copying word for word a uh, several reviews from that site and pass it along as 
a legitimate article that he writes for per, for a particular film. And like, wait a second, what you committed is plagiarism, dude. Come on, what the hell is that? <laughs> but also, there was another reason why I picked this topic is that with this Leprechaun movie coming out, it's what I mentioned last week, last weekend on actually your podcast, Ken. Yeah. Is that even though you have the original Leprechaun, not even that scary, but you give it a new look and you give it new graphics, you know, maybe it might be good, maybe not. We're, we just got to wait and see. Right, right. But with the creature like that, there's only so much that you could do f uh, practical, practical or CGI. I mean, Leprechaun is a Leprechaun. We know a leprechaun from our cereal boxes, from whatever the case, for pro wrestling. It, it, you can't really change the leprechaun much, just like Bigfoot. Oh my gosh, over the past three years, there have been so many Bigfoot films. They all look the same. Uh, uh, come on, a gorilla suit. You could buy that at Party City. Uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think think outside the box if you're gonna create a leprechaun and you really want to change it around you have to really think outside the box to make it look either scary or comical but from the pictures or leprechaun returns he, this guy's comical come on uh, eric have you seen the trailer to this uh, come on it's just re ridiculous oh yeah I saw one part of the trailer where the guy's taking a selfie with the leprechaun. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? <sighs> I tell you. Wow. Man, are we taking that scene from fucking Shaun of the Dead when, uh, what's his face, takes a shelf or takes a picture of uh, the guy with the zombie? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, but I think that was the first time we've seen something like that. But that's why it's so iconic, and it was done well. If you're gonna do comedy exactly. and horror, you have to do it well. It has to play well. You can't just throw shit like that and expect people to make a meme out of it and be it immortalized on the internet. It's not gonna happen. Well, if you get the dumb fucks on the internet, yeah, don't make anything popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look at Bird Box. Oh my gosh, come on, really? Oh my god, really, <laughs> dude? I, I still can't even get on social media without seeing some type of mimi about that goddamn movie. Like, come on now, stop it already. Right. Hey, I, in my opinion, Daredevil is the original Bird Box. He was the first one to wear that thing over his eyes and kick ass so it's nothing new <laughs> speaking of bird box real quick not to just go off topic again and talk about this goddamn <laughs> film but just i have to point this out there tristan's gonna get a kick out of this i know so tristan get all of this so there was a crash um somewhere i forget exactly where they didn't or wait no, yeah, no, I'm I'm getting it confused with something else. But anyway, the idea of this article was this person got into a car crash on the highway while doing the bird box challenge. You gotta be kidding me. 
I wish I was. So, so stupid. So this bird box challenge is really getting out of hand because now people are trying to drive and do the bird box challenge. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. But to also touch on with, you know, monsters coming back, I mean, look at New Year, look at next year, I should say. We're getting Webron James to be possibly producing, if I remember correctly. He's going to be producing the next Friday the 13th film. I don't know if any of you guys heard that, but. But the, that yeah, also, you told me that at work, Paul. That ties into the. They have to wait for the lawsuit to, to get settled before anything could happen with Friday the Thirteenth. It did. It did get settled. Ah, okay. Yeah, it got. But settled. also, also, I've heard through the grapevine that Robert Ingley wants to do another Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, he wants to do it one more time. And that's because Robert England dressed up as Freddy in that one TV show for like a, uh, like an Easter egg or something. And since everybody enjoyed that, that's when the idea came that Robert wants to do one more, one more film as Freddy Krueger. Hmm. But yeah, um, to, to touch on that Friday the 13th lawsuit, yeah, that ended um, back in October or November, mm, maybe even okay. sooner. But what, so, the, uh, so the deal with that was the original writer won. And the only thing is, though, is he only had the rights for the first film. Ah. So that's it. But but nothing can be done overseas about it. It can be done with the franchise. Right. And stuff like that. Oh well. So yeah. So yeah. It's still pretty much in a hole anyway. So yeah. But, so is there anyone closing thoughts about my topic? Leprechaun? <laughs> wow. If they're going to make a... Hey, I would watch a Leprechaun movie if it's more serious tone, more grounded in urban legend. Uh, Sci-Fi, they released El Cuco last year, which is good. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad uh, compared to the other films that they released. But if they make the Leprechaun movie more serious tone like that with urban legends and you have a good slate of characters with character arcs, I would watch that. I would not watch this atrocious film that just released. And you could see the bulk of the film in the trailer alone. You don't need to watch the movie. Just watch the trailer. There you go. Save yourself 90 minutes of <laughs> boredom or whatever psychotic episode watching this film. Oh my God. That just... That just reminds me of what was that film with Art of Socialism? Fucking Maggie. People kept saying, you don't even need to watch the whole damn thing. Just watch the trailer and you understand the whole goddamn story. Exactly. 
that's that's the same with Leprechaun. <laughs> you get a bunch of girls, they buy a house for the sorority, the, uh, Leprechaun comes out from the well, uh, kills, kills, he multiplies uh, slapstick jokes, the, the end. There you go. Yeah, and there was no Leprechaun in the film either, in the Leprechaun uh, either. It was somebody new, wasn't it? Because the other guy was uh, pissed off at somebody. If, if I remember right, was, was he pissed off with the other, with the, uh, with the people, or, was, or am I thinking of something else? Well, the leprechaun itself or the actor? The actor. Oh, I'm not sure. I believe he was mad because he wasn't involved with the WWE film, Leprechaun Origins. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember seeing the article. I just don't remember what he said. Yeah, I, uh, I just remember he was not a happy guy, and that's why he was not coming back, or, or he, they didn't invite him back. I don't, I don't fucking remember. Well, I guess we could all agree that he must have a short temper. Brumksh. <laughs> <laughs> For my topic, uh, what are some of the urban legends that we may have heard of that Hollywood or the indie scene has not touched on? And there are so many urban legends out there in, in different variations and real accounts of real stories that to this day are mysterious and remain unsolved. And I think... If those were made into movies, it would be it would be wow, frightening as fuck if it's done the correct way. So starting with Tristan, what urban legend or what story has not been touched on that you want to see made into a film? I mean, personally, I don't really know much about urban legends, but there's one that's been going around for years around my hometown of West Rutland, Vermont, is down on this little creepy, like, road, Little Hollow Road, as it's saying, is someone will be driving, and they'll see this little girl in a white dress walking by, and they turn around to go pick her up and ask her if she needs a ride, and she's not there anymore. She's gone. Mm. Mm. So that would be kind of interesting to see like how they take that story. I don't think it'll ever happen, but if they ever did, I think it would be interesting to see how they do the story. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to say, Tristan, have you read my fucking script that I'm writing? <laughs> no, you haven't no? even showed me that thing. What? Oh, wow. Because, you know, I'm 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 on mute listening to you, and you're talking about probably the exact thing folklore, urban legend that I'm actually writing the script for right now. So that is really funny that you brought that up. So it's actually that urban legend is in fact going to be coming to life actually from <laughs> me. So isn't that oh. ironic? So, that is see, a huge I guess urban legends can come true. <laughs> 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 so, 
Um, so Tristan, I'm going to have you think of maybe one more. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I said, I don't really know much about urban legends, and that's the only one I can think of right now. Because, like, the only one I... Yeah, I, that's the only one I could think of right off the top of my head. Man, well, you know, you could. I think I know which road you're talking about, too, just to be fair, but you're talking about the road in West Rutland called Marble Road, which connects you with the Hollow Road, right? Yes. Yes, see, exactly. That's the exact folklore I'm actually writing in the script on. Shit, you're not. And... I think what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take this a little bit further for you, Tristan. So back in the day, when that would be Hollowtown, back when the marble business here was booming, the the, uh, town of Whipple Hollow used to be pretty, you know, pretty interesting because, like I said, the marble business was booming. But what makes this so weird for Vermont here is that one night everybody in Whipple Hollow got up and left. And hmm. that's how it became a ghost town. So no kidding. you can take that folklore from me if you want. <laughs> wow. But you asked Paul if I had one more If I had one more urban legend to talk about, yeah. and I think, and I think it would be like Champ, Lake there Champlain. You there you go. We talked about creatures. Champ is like I don't know if you know anything about that kid. Yeah, the that's the Loch Ness monster's cousin. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. It's, a, yeah. it's like his baby boy. Yeah. And. People have said for years that they've seen it, that a lot of people went diving into Lake Champlain and they've came across um, remains of what they think is the Loch Ness, is the champ. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting to see how they would do that too. And if they were to do something like that, I hope it's not CGI. They should just no, make God, uh, no. make make it. Uh, Jaws was not CGI. Jaws they yeah, built that was the all thing. Practical. Right. Yep. So if they make a a film out of Loch Ness monster or Champ and make it practical effects, it would it would do. Please, nothing with Meg or Jason Statham. I don't want to see Jason Statham fighting Loch Ness monster. No. Get good actors, practical effects. I think that 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 would be a good movie to see. I we haven't seen a movie like that, well, Paul. Correct me. I, we haven't seen like this monster. All we've seen is alligators and sharks and what else? That yeah, snakes, right? Correct. That yeah. I can't think of anything else right now. I mean, I mean yeah. We got anaconda. We got Meg. We got fucking Jaws. We got uh, we got snakes on the plane. Of open <laughs> yeah, that one. Right. Right. Yeah. Loch Ness, Champ. Yeah. That has not been touched on. No. And 
like Ken said earlier, I mean, there's a lot of Bigfoot movies, so that can definitely die down. Oh, there's way too many. Oof. I, really, guys, is that the only thing you could think of? Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one Bigfoot film that I am kind of intrigued on, and that is the Cherokee Creek one, just because it had been pulled from Amazon because it's too offensive, apparently. And then there was another service that denied the movie, too, because of the fact that it was so offensive. Quote, oh. unquote. Wow. Yeah. Coincidentally, that uh, you yeah, bring no. that up, Stacy's reviewing that film for us. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I'm actually in talks with them to possibly do an interview with them about the uh, this so offensive film. <laughs> I think it's a marketing uh, tactic. It's, but, it's a trick. It's a God. trick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... You know, you know what we also need to see? We need to see some type of film where it kind of goes beyond the deep sea. And what I mean by that is, you know, we always discover new species in the deep water, especially in the, in the darkest part of the ocean. Mm-hmm. But what is really down there? And we could maybe come up with something really scary because look at some of the shit that we've, discovered already from the blackest part where these things are blind or or whatever i mean they're 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 fucking scary looking it's just like we really have these things like oh my god yeah like i wouldn't want to fucking run into one of these things out in the ocean lane what are your thoughts on that ken yeah we have not yet discovered the ocean floor and given that the the technology that we have, the machines that we have, we still can't get that deep. And you could hide some shit down there. And I wouldn't be too surprised. There's a lot of documentations throughout the years of UFOs, but there's hardly any talk of USOs, which is the crafts going underwater in the depths of the water there have been cases of that before and there have been military cases of sailors sonar seeing things underneath the ships going past the submarines so that is a great idea and that also ties into a uh, ten thousand leagues under the sea i mean that's the only story that really touched on that uh and that's a great story too oh classic classic but other than that, there's nothing else. What what have we found? Uh, journey to the center of the earth? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not, yeah, and I'm not talking about the one with the rock either. You know, there's the story itself. <laughs> well, we might as well throw in a day after tomorrow then. <laughs> right, that's it. That's an interesting take right there with the with the depths of the ocean. Yeah, there's so much mystery going down down there. Atlantis, aliens, the creatures that we have seen so far that surface, giant octopuses, they they have been... Also like like the Kraken, everything, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. They have found 
found anything with that, you know. Right. They they have found mutilated great white sharks, mutilated uh, whales. Everything. And they're saying, what did that type of damage to this huge creature? Nobody knows. Yeah, what would bite? What would make a great white shark get split in half? What would make a whale get split in half? All that evidence is right there, <sighs> and and you know, I mean, we've seen Moby Dick. Yeah, we get it. But you know what's really funny is I'm really surprised Moby Dick hasn't been remade yet. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, don't CGI Moby Dick. No, no. Actually, they actually, I believe they did in the heart Uh-oh. of the sea. With Chris Hemsworth. Oh God! <laughs> I don't know if you can see that at all. Thor versus Moby Dick. Oh my God! Yeah, there it is. 2015. Wow. What is this work oh, coming to? Oh my God! But well, um, yep. I just had it. In the, oh yeah. Um. Also, like not that long ago, um, back maybe last november or last october i was talking to a friend of mine and he said he saw a video on youtube and it was from discovery channel the animal planet or whatever and it was a like real life stories of the megalodon Hmm. and it was live footage a family was videotaping their family going out fishing i believe at this tropical island somewhere and the guy caught something on his line and he fought it about maybe eight hours straight and something happened the boat tips over you see it in the video the boat tips over and they go diving for the family and there's a big big bite mark out of the boat a huge bite mark out of the boat so it really makes you think what is lurking underneath the sea. Mm, precisely. Mm. You see, and that touches on the topic that I present. So many interesting stories that is based on real life. We have the deep the deep sea. We have Loch Ness Monster. And of course, we have Paul's pitch of the apparition girl on the road. Yes. Which I'm hopefully hoping to start filming this summer, I hope. Which I'm still not involved in. <laughs> well, you will be soon enough, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but to touch up on, on uh, what you have presented, Paul, you went to the deep blue sea. I'm going with the forest. Of, yeah, we've seen films on the forest many times before. Some of them are involve Slender Man, and in other cases, it involves a ripoff of the Japanese version of the forest in the Suicide Forest, to the be exact. Suicide Forest, yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, but there are cases, and this is a there's a documentary out already called Missing Four One One, and this documentary explores the missing persons that have occurred throughout the years in national forests across the u.s people go missing in these forests and there was one 
notorious incident that happened in Russia in which a group of nine hikers, they were in a mountaintop. Something happened to them. It, that was called the Daitlov Pass incident. Nine hikers in a remote area. This is way before cell phones, communications, and everything like that. Something happened to them. And when the authorities went to look for them because they were reported missing, they found their bodies mutilated, bones broken, heads torn apart. And they try to say, okay, there is no creature up in that region that would do such damage. One recent case happened last year. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. In here in a national forest, up upstate New York, this retired firefighter goes on a ski trip with his buddies he says to his buddies hey i'm gonna go up to the mountain i'm gonna do whatever he's gonna do he's gonna do a whatever a round of skiing he never comes back so his buddies call the authorities the fbi gets involved local police gets involved the the, the mounties get involved they couldn't find this guy Five days later, he appears. He's in fucking California. He's wearing the same ski. He's wearing his ski boots, his ski gear, his ski poles, everything. So everybody's saying, okay, how the fuck did he come from upstate New York? New York to California? To California. And they Mm. found him and he's disoriented. He doesn't know where he's been. He doesn't know nothing, how he got there, anything. We hear these cases all the time. And I think a film like that that really explores those type of tropes would be scary as fuck because these things actually happen and there's documented cases and I could go on and on and on. So many documented cases. One involved this five-year-old kid. They were looking for the kid. He strayed from his parents. They couldn't find him. Months later, they found a decomposing body on the top of a mountain. How the fuck he got to the top of the mountain? We don't know. Wow. That is probably creepy. That sounds like an alien abduction, and once they were done probing him or whatever that was going on, brainwashing him, sounded like they dropped him off in California. That's the way I'm looking at this. Yes. And anybody can laugh at that as fact, but, you know, I wouldn't be laughing because you could be the one getting abducted next to be probed. <laughs> but Right. Absolutely. But to back, uh, yeah, and to talk back about that... um that story that you were, ta- you were talking about, that was uh, Kowat Mountain in Russia, mm-hmm. which is known as the Dead Mountain. And I actually, because I'm always fascinated by stuff like that, and that is one story that is always really look at because, like you said, there's nine hikers. And, you know, the, the one thing I did not know about this is that one out of the nine hikers on the day they that mountain actually got sick to the point where they, he had to be hospital bed, bedded. Mm-hmm. And he learned his eight other friends were all died, like, after they found their bodies, which... Not only were they mutilated, but, and for those that had broken bones, but they showed signs of no struggles, no bruises at all. 
and one of the girls, I think it was one of the girls, was missing their tongue. How do like how do you how do you explain that? On top of one of the bodies was detected with radiation. Right, I radiation heard about that. On right, fucking mountain. Come, right, like come on now. And I'll throw it out there too. I don't care if you don't like the film or not, but I like it just because they actually bring in those true facts based on the nine hikers is the devil's past. If anybody mm. had not seen that. No, film, I have not seen that. Check it out. It's definitely good. Mm. It's it's a great theory, as I may say, but they do explain the death of those hikers that you mentioned. Captain. Right. And if they were to make a film of those nine hikers or any type of film that has to do with some weird incident in the national forest here in the US, please, filmmakers, if you're listening to this, don't make this sh- a found footage piece of shit. No, don't. No, absolutely not. We have great ideas here. Don't destroy it with found footage. Put a story behind it. Well, then. <laughs> Well then, well then, maybe you might not like Devil's Pass because it's pretty much about these group of students that are trying to film a documentary on it. Ah, uh, so, yeah, we've seen that so many times. You know, before. We, talk, we talked about like mysterious things in the sea and like mysterious things that are happening around the world, but I believe this film is based on a true story. I believe it said it in the first credits when i first saw it so don't count me on it is flight seven five zero zero has anyone heard of that no i don't think i've heard of that no okay google time (laughs) right about a flight leaving from la to tokyo and they're in midair and something happens they hit like severe weather turbulence and then someone dies on the plane. The supernatural thing starts happening all uh, like yes. in the plane People okay building stuff <clears throat> it was a good movie yes but i believe a true story yes i i, so I, it was kind I, of I, I pulled it up that. now from from google yes i have seen that film yes i agree hmm. and it's kind of like mysterious to like what really caused it to like have supernatural effects on the plane like was it the death or was it the like kind of like the electrical currents in the air imbalancing you know what i mean Hmm. yeah Hmm. hey well we we, you know We've seen a surge oh, of ahead, alien Ken. films, yeah. and these films that have been releasing now doesn't have to do with Independence Day. It really has to do with alien visitations coming down and hum- mankind trying to communicate with these things. So with these ideas of this plane, with that plane, film, the movie that you had mentioned, that could also come into into a factor here hey we had a couple years ago a plane disappeared and all these nations looked for the the skeleton of the plane they couldn't find nothing no skeleton no debris no black box no crew nothing what the fuck happened to that plane 
Did they actually find it because it, it like somehow mysteriously came back? No. Or am I thinking of one of another story? No. The, the one from Indonesia, they have never found it to this day. Hmm. And I same might be with, thinking of another one. Same with, um, what was her name in American history? Amelia Earhart. Uh, yeah. They never found her plane, nothing to this day. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. Th there was exactly. one case. Uh, there is another case uh, with those nine hikers uh, we were referring to, Paul. But there's another case. It happened in Brazil in which the local authorities found a mutilated body of a, of a man. They don't know how he got up to this mountaintop. Nothing because it's, it's a remote area. And I'm just, I'm not even going to look on Google how they found the body. But this guy's body was tangled and mutilated and he had surgical holes on his body with laser cut uh, incisions. That is one of the, these are the hidden cases here of things that happen. How the fuck did his body get up there, first of all? And what were these incisions on his body? Oh, crazy shit is happening worldwide. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And then to touch back on what Tristan was talking about with these airplanes and stuff, have you guys ever seen the tooth film called Altitude? Okay. Yes. Yeah, altitude, Ken. Pulling it up right now. A L T. <laughs> yeah, A for those listening, A L T I T U D E, altitude. It's a 2010. It is so so weird. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, I've seen is. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like. A kraken that's like in midair. Exactly. exactly. And also, it kind of reminds me of like Inkheart as well. Because the mm. guy is reading a comic book, and when he's reading this comic book, it's actually coming to life while he's in the air. Mm. But mm -hmm. hasn't seen the film yet. I don't think I've seen that one. Hmm. I don't think I have either. That doesn't even sound familiar to me, but. Inkheart? Then again. What's that, Tristan? Are you talking about Inkheart? Yeah. No, never heard um, of it that. was, it came out like, I think 2012, maybe 2010. Mm. Um, Brendan Fraser played in it and everything he read off, he'd read a book and everything would come to life every time he read it. Damn. So that film. Wow. Uh, I think we, I think but, we've we've touched on some many 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 great ideas that either have made it to film in one form, and that's it, or it hasn't been made at all. Uh, so many good ideas. It, it just boggles my mind why Hollywood keeps doing reboots. And for the indie scene, stop making Bigfoot movies. Come on, we got other urban legends to touch on. Sheesh. Dude, urban legends is, oh my God. Like, there's so many great urban legends. There really is. I mean, look at the, uh, the I forget the name of it, but look at the one where it's about 
the guy that somehow gets into your vehicle and then just sorts your throat when you come into your vehicle. And then there's like other weird ones too. I mean, uh, one of these days that's going to be, that's going to be a future episode. I already know it. I just need to read back on some urban legends to really do it. (laughs) I actually, now that you say that, you know, getting into the car and everything, this guy getting into the car, slitting your throat and everything. There's actually an urban legend about black eyed children which is an apparition. These kids in hoodies would walk up to your car, knock on your window and be like, man, can I get in your car? And they don't really have any facial expression. They just got two black eyes and they just don't really, they just keep on asking, can we get in your car? Yeah, I've been and hearing if you, about that lately. They get into your car, you're never seen again. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like a demon, and it sounds like the only reason why they're asking that is because it sounds like it's one of those weird things where you have to invite a vampire into your home. Right. Like, it's, it's almost like that, because everybody knows once you invite a vampire into your home, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's it. Game over. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... There's so many cool things that people can do, not just bullshit. Let's reboot this. Let's remake that. I mean, you know, there's so many, there's so much stuff like we talked about. There's so much urban legends out there that we can just all try to make come to life. So try to start doing that, Hollywood. Right. <laughs> and with the with the black eyed children, uh, when I attended the Women in Horror Film Festival last year. I there was one short about the black eyed children and it was well made and I said to myself wow this is actually the first time I'm seeing a film about the black eyed children hey I've heard the urban legend before and I've seen it on TV in those ghost TV shows but to actually see someone make a film about it and it, hey it was actually good oh, like you said Paul hello Hollywood there's so many great ideas out there pick one come on Write them all down, put them in a hat, put your hand in the hat, and you, you got yourself a good idea. Come on now. Exactly. And, you know, that's what fucking Hollywood is like. <laughs> is perfect original stories. And it's nice to see, like, Shudder and everybody else taking, like, Channel Channel Zero and, you know, everything else. They're actually getting creepy pastas from the Internet. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. So why can't Hollywood fucking do that? Oh, wait a minute. Didn't they try to do that with Slenderman? But why uh, Slenderman? <laughs> and, uh, hey, there was there was a, yeah, a Spanish I, version of it too, and it was called uh, Let's Play Dead Girl. And instead of Slenderman, the character was Alto, which is Spanish for tall. I, as a short film, that shit was kick-ass. And then a few months later, they had the Sony version come out, and I'm like... What the fuck is this? First of all, once your cast has no diversity in it, there's this just no reason to watch your film at all. Come on. <laughs> Put some diversity in your film. Yeah, I agree with the both. Um, there's so many out there that they could do a lot with. Like the like I said earlier, um, the Black Eyed Children. Like, they could do so much with that. So much. Yeah. 
and also with what you said, Ken, you know, all these mutilations in regions that, like, in the mountains and everything, like, like they could do so much with those stories that I don't know why they don't. Exactly. And it, uh, what was that one, that one film, I think it was with, uh, oh, what's that actress name from Resident Evil that we always criticize? <laughs> Oh wow, Maya, Maya Jovovich. Yes, she was a Myla. psychologist about these people that would have that were being kidnapped in Alaska, some shit like that. Yeah, the, I I got a hey, that was based on true events, and it was pretty. That was pretty good film. It was kind of underrated. I gotta give applause to that one. That was pretty good. But uh, also now you see uh, film. Um, there was also that one was also an urban legend film, but also primeval, Gustav, Africa. Right, right. Uh, okay. I think that was a great film. But these these things are one shot deals. I mean, if if the idea is that good, I don't see why not recreate recreate a different version, a different take of it. But once you start hitting the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, it just becomes so repetitive and so. Uh, yeah, you could say that there's a horror community out for Bigfoot movies. Sure, of course. There's a horror community out for B-rated movies. Of course. But does that justify really spending hard-earned money, your time, editing time, to create a film just to please the masses instead of creating a film that could be an eye-opener or artwork? <laughs> hmm, That's a uh, good question right there. But, yeah, so I mean, think we had everybody's closing thoughts through all that. Yes, I'm, my closing I thoughts. Are, I mean, we could go on and on, but yeah, I'm I, I'm tossing in the white towel here. Yeah, closing thoughts, Paul. Yeah, I'm I'm saturated. <laughs> closing thoughts for that is um, gonna be there's so much shit out there between urban legends and monsters that are in the ocean, maybe up in the air, maybe. In the woods, I mean, we got UFOs. I mean, come on now. Start looking into those and bring those type of stories to life. Don't keep rehearsing the same shit that we already either don't care for or we just had enough of them. (laughs) Right. Like, hey, leprechauns in space. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. There's so much that hollywood could do but they don't have the brains to do it with they never do they never do that's why they uh keep rehearsing the same shit <laughs> we need just need some fresh ideas that, that's it hopefully in the next 10 five years we get some good ideas and not the same old reboot bullshit hey final destination is getting a reboot leprechaun is getting a reboot come on we get some better ideas better ideas that's why i love the independent scene and the overseas market you always see fresh content there well 80 percent of the time that is yeah yeah that's true but it's just a matter of content (laughs) oh god but yeah like i said earlier um just hollywood just doesn't have the brains to do anything newer and I don't watch a lot of independent movie horror films, so I'm not sure. I got to check that out. I get sick and tired of seeing the same old thing. It gets boring. 
and with all these new installments coming out like everything and reboots it's like come on now like let's just do something new and we probably will never see that probably not especially now since we're going be brand new Amityville murders <laughs> anybody hear about that oh uh, yeah of course we have Ugh. I, 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 if I would have had the money I would have bought the house because the house was on the market in the real estate market and it was for sale and at a good price too not bad 500000 that wasn't a bad price for a house a dock and you get the uh, the lake in the backyard too that was a steal so I think that that really wraps it up so thank you guys for um, putting in your input and coming up with two amazing topics they were they were really great hey you're welcome it's always great to talk about uh, exciting topics that hasn't been delved on and we have strayed for that last segment here and there of you know films that were on the market that touched on some of the ideas we presented but still regardless i think we the consensus is clear we need better content new content and have uh, just dive on different ideas here and that's a, that's a great closure for this podcast. Well, and that's how we're going to end it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for, um, like I said, putting in your input and everything. And for all those people that are listening out there, I hope you enjoy um, as much as we did. <laughs> My name is Tristan uh, from Everything Horror. And I'm Paul Dovsky from Everything Horror. And my name is Ken Artus from DK Mag, founder for DK Mag. And like we always say from everything horror, stay scary.